Strategic Real Estate Coach is where the nation's leading real estate investors, brokers, and agents turn to transform the way the real estate business is being done in neighborhoods across the nation. If you desire to make more money, do more deals, grow your passive income, and build the lifestyle you've always wanted, you need Strategic Real Estate Coach. This powerhouse team is led by Josh Cantwell, a seasoned investor with nearly a decade of experience, over 500 transactions, and generated over $5.5 million for himself and his partners. Now sit back, listen, learn, and accelerate your business with the Strategic Real Estate Coach Podcast. Hey, Josh Cantwell here, guys, with strategicrealestatecoach.com and our podcast. And we're here today with a super exciting guest. And we're here today to work with you and find out how we can make real estate easy. It's the name of our podcast, Real Estate Investing Made Easy. And we're really excited to have a superstar investor on the line with us today. He's a relatively new friend, a friend, a guy that I've known for a while, but really somebody I'm just kind of getting to know. Uh, has a super successful podcast of his own. His name is Justin Colby. Justin is the co-founder and president of the Science of Flipping and Phoenix Wealth Builders. Uh, he has a super successful podcast on iTunes as well. You guys definitely want to check that out. Um, Justin has been involved in investing in real estate since 2007, which is uh, sort of an odd time to jump into the market right when the market was sort of dying. But that was actually the same exact time that I started doing my first real estate investing events, um, actually live events that we would, uh, started teaching was right around that same time when the market kind of crashed. But what's cool about Justin and his business partner, Eddie, is they've flipped 96 homes just last year um, and over 300 properties to date. Uh, currently building properties from the ground up in Mesa, Arizona, and he's a super successful and active real estate investor in today's market. And so I want to get uh, some of Justin's take on the market where he's at, a, a very hot, not only hot as in real estate, but hot as in the weather uh, <laughs> down in Arizona, uh, and compare that and contrast that to my market up in the Midwest and get some ideas and strategies from Justin about what he's doing to capitalize on today's market. So Justin, thanks a lot for jumping on the line today. Glad to have you on. Hey, man. Thank you for taking the time. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So Justin, let's jump in, man. Give us a give us a little bit of of more color, a little bit more flavor about about your background and about the last you know eight years or so since two thousand and seven, um, and some of your observations about the market today, uh, and where are some of the, the the big opportunities that you're seeing to capitalize on the market? Yeah, you know, I'll kind of just start with the some cliche sayings, right? When I jumped in, you mentioned how it was an awkward time to kind of start start investing. Uh, the market was tanking and uh, me and my business partner have been friends for a long time before we started becoming business partners and we decided to go into uh, real estate investing and uh, you know some of the sayings that have been thrown around about us is kind of the, the you know not a lots to camelots or you know uh, rags to riches and, and because our first year was brutal um, that as you well know you know, 2007, 2008 was just so upside down and inside out with the banks and short sales. And, um, you know, we really had to use every ounce of tenacity and fortitude that we had to fight through. Now, good thing we did, because here we are. Um, and like you mentioned, we're building 79 townhomes out in Mesa, Arizona. 
We are currently wholesaling anywhere from five to 10 homes a month consistently. We're flipping homes here uh, consistently. Um, and so I'm glad that we really dug down deep and found that tenacity and fortitude because that's really where it all came from. Um, and, and that's what happened is, is uh, the banks, the economy, what was going on in real estate was just crazy back then. Yeah, no question about it. Short sales was a fun strategy for a while. Um, it was sort of the wild, wild west. There was just tons of um, you know inventory building up and foreclosure inventory. The banks had no idea how to deal with that inventory, and we just um, just hammered the banks with short sale discounts and had a lot of fun. The market today is completely different than back then, right? It seems like today it's a it's a it's a, a seller's market again. There really is um, not a lot of inventory, and there's lots of buyers who want to buy. One of the things that I like about the market is that the mortgage banks and the mortgage companies are a lot more strict about the way they're underwriting buyers. And so you see the growth in the market. It's great, but it doesn't feel like an artificial growth in the market like it did in 2003, 4, 5, and 6 um, because buyers can actually get uh, loans, but they have to pre-qualify. They have to have a job. They have to have assets. They have to have income. So I feel much more confident in the market today than I did, uh, you know, ten years ago. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. I agree yeah, with you. Absolutely. So, Justin, tell me about your business right now. I think a lot of people, as a successful investor and a guy who has a take on the market, um, as you've you know seen things evolve over the last eight years, what for you is your focus at the moment? Yeah, right now we actually, uh, our main focus is wholesaling. Um, and the reason that is we were able to expand into Dallas as well. So not only are we wholesaling here in Phoenix, but also in Dallas. And the reason that came about um, is simply Phoenix is what I would consider kind of the pulse of real estate investing. There's several cities out there across the nation, parts of Florida, Phoenix, um, but we really are kind of the leaders as far as if the economy is going to tank, we sure as heck are going to tank first, right? right. Um, if the economy is going to go back up, we're going to be the first to jet back up. And um, what happened is about a year and a half ago, two years ago, well, two years ago, a lot of the hedge funds came here first, um, maybe about three years ago, actually. Now I'm thinking about it. And they just tore everything apart, meaning they were buying everything with 10% increases of as-is value. I mean, no one could find anything. We were doing a lot of fix and flips at that time. We were buying a lot from the auction. Um, and basically, our whole business model started to crumble. Um, and a mutual friend of ours, Jason Medley, and I were on the phone. And he's like, dude, you need to diversify. You cannot only have one way of getting deals. And it started this whole movement into um, wholesaling deals to these hedge funds. Um, as well as other fix and flippers and builders that we know based around our reputation. So we really started to now create a wholesaling division um, of our business. And so we continue to fix and flip and have that division, but we created this wholesale division. And what I really like about it is for us, it gave us an ability to expand because those same hedge funds that, you know, I say came in and kind of rape and pillaged our real estate economy and left us, um, they ended up heading out to Dallas and Houston and, and many other areas, and I know there's some up in, in Ohio as well. Um, well, they asked us to go over there to help them find more deals because we did such a good job here for them. So 
Um, the reason why I say we're putting a lot of emphasis on wholesaling is because it allowed us to expand our business without changing a lot, meaning I didn't have to go open a Dallas office. Um, I didn't need a project manager and a contractor and so on and so forth over in Dallas. I can just do what I do best, which is find the deals and simply assign them over to them or do a double closing. So it allowed us to you know, double our income and double the deal volume based simply on that. Got it. Got it. Fantastic. So you've expanded in the market. So virtual wholesaling in addition to local wholesaling is fantastic. And I know the, the best question or the top question that people are going to ask is uh, if they had a one-on-one you know, -on -one strategy session with you is, Justin, what are your top strategies for finding the best deals and finding the best opportunities to wholesale, whether it's to a, an individual real estate investor to an owner-occupant um, who's going to buy it, fix it, and move into it themselves, or to another hedge fund, yeah. that becomes the you know the, the market now. Depending on where you're at, everyone's talking about competition again. Competition. There's so much competition in the marketplace. Um, so, and we've definitely seen that competition roar back into our market in Northeast Ohio as well. So, what are maybe the top two or three strategies that you're really looking at to acquire homes that you can wholesale? Number one, hands down, is direct mail. Uh, it is crushing it right now. Actually, my business partner Kent Clothier, I, I use his system constantly. Find motivated sellers um, to pull the list. Uh, we use a letter that is on there, but we've reformatted it. We do use a letter. We we've used postcards in the past, and they have absolutely worked. But we have a local mailing company here that keeps our letter rate so low that we prefer to use the letter. Um, and secondly, to that would simply be um, referral leads. We know a lot of people, a lot of realtors, a lot of other investors, a lot of our students will call us first if something's happening, if they have a lead on the line, so on and so forth. So, um, you know, we have a lot of students that come to us so that we can liquidate their inventory because we have a great buyers list um, and or we're a buyer for them, right? We still currently fix and flip homes. We're very actively flipping homes. So a lot of times we'll look at it just to see if we can actually buy it from them. And then lastly, uh, we are just getting started into the online world, the Facebook marketing, uh, the Google pay-per-clicks, the YouTube videos to actually find sellers um, through the online world, which is really, in my opinion, I'd love to hear what you think, Josh. I, I think it is a um, not utilized enough asset, but is growing amongst you know solid investors. Yeah, no question, no question about it. That if people are looking for leads and are looking to do something different, is to go online. And there's really great software platforms out there. Uh, I was an original founding member of RealFlow.com, which is has comes with just a, a bunch of different websites and a bunch of different um, core websites and squeeze pages and reports that people can download. What buyers really want is they want houses to look at right and yeah. what sellers really want is buyers and so uh, in order to find buyers you know one of the absolute best things that that we've ever used is we partnered up with I used to own a real estate brokerage and uh -huh. we partnered up with a real estate agency and we had an IDX site that was fed into the MLS where buyers could come it was really easy to get buyer leads for about six bucks a piece six to eight bucks per opt-in per registration um, and we, we did that with, with buyers forever. 
And very similar to you, now that our market's getting more competitive, we're definitely moving more online, using RealFlow, and using RealFlow's squeeze pages and, and websites to drive more seller traffic to those. Yep. What people are typically looking for, if you're a seller, what you really want is an offer. You really don't want realtors. You really don't want real estate investors. You really don't want to open houses. You really don't want all that stuff. What you really want is an offer on your house, right? So, yeah, the, the, the message that we use online is how we use uh, the market to get buyer, uh, wholesale investor buyers to compete with retail buyers to get a seller the fastest offer possible. Um, and what I mean is by making your house available on a wholesale level and also on a retail level, we can get investor buyers and retail buyers to compete over somebody's house. And we have a whole script that we use. So when we get a seller lead to opt in at our websites, we call them up immediately um, and we use a script to talk to them about how we can get these people to compete over their house. And then what we typically do, we go out and meet with the homeowner, we present them with basically two options, which is wholesale your house for quick cash or list it for top dollar. Wholesale it for quick cash, you can sell it, get rid of it, uh, you know, have an offer and, and close in the next you know, three to five days or a week, depending on if your title is clear or not. Or if you want to list and sell for top dollar, you might you know, wait 60 days, 90 days, 120 days or more. But it's about getting people to compete over that. That's really a message that resonates with sellers. So when, mm -hmm. we're, when we're getting leads from that online, it's just a way to capture a lead. And that first phone call becomes super critical, super oh, yeah. critical. And we actually have real estate agents that make that phone call for us. Uh, we partnered with them and showed them how to make that phone call. And they basically say, I'm, I'm an area expert. This is what we do. I represent a buyer. I know his exact criteria of what he's looking to buy. Um, and he can step in and make an immediate offer. And if for some reason that doesn't work out or, you know, we can, we can list your property and get it on the market and get massive exposure to get you the top dollar. So we have our agent go out and run that first appointment for us and find out what the seller is really looking to get. Um, so, yeah, and, and that's that, that when somebody doesn't have, a, you know, a referral relationship, uh, that first call becomes super critical. So direct mail, we've had a ton of success with Find Motivated Sellers now as well. You know, Ken's product is fantastic. So anybody who listens to this is one of my subscribers or one of our members on iTunes or, or YouTube, um, Finding Motivated Sellers now and Ken's product, we, we, we promote that a couple times a year. It's definitely something you should check out. Um, so direct mail, referral leads, and online, that's fantastic. Um, so, Justin, when, when you look at a property like that, what, what decision process do you use uh, to determine which houses you want to wholesale versus which houses you want to rehab? Is there, is there a criteria that you use or a, a methodology that you use to determine which ones you want to flip quick and you know, which ones you want to rehab for big profits? The answer is yes, but it's not quite as complex as maybe some people would think. It comes down to speed of money. So, for example, here in the Phoenix market, maybe similar to you in Ohio, maybe not, but you know, most most homes are selling around 150 normal homes. Your normal single family, 1,500 square feet, anywhere from 150 to 200,000, depending upon certain things. Um, we really base everything on what type of exit strategies we have, right? So, could we flip it and make a big chunk of cash? We will not fix and flip a home unless it nets us in our pocket after expenses $50,000. It's go. just not worth our time anymore. Um, not when we're making upwards of $40,000 on wholesale fees. 
So, um, you know, this last month we actually had two great wholesale deals that made us each $40,000 each. And so when we can find those type of wholesale profits, it's hard to make an argument to flip a home for 50 grand, right? So um, I do want to take a step back and let your listeners know that is not the norm by any means. Um, our norm typically is roughly under $20,000 for a wholesale fee. Um, the national norm is roughly 10. Um, and so that's, that's what we've tracked across the country with ourselves, obviously other students. Um, and so it just comes down to speed of money. So if we're looking at a deal, and it looks like it could be a good fix and flip, but also could be a good rental. It sounds like it's definitely a wholesaleable deal. I have plenty of flippers on my buyers list, and I have plenty of buy and hold guys on my buyers list, so I can wholesale it. That's great. Well, it's a good flip home, so what do the flip numbers look like? So we start to analyze. Well, depending upon where the negotiations settled with the seller and us, we simply say, okay, well, if we can make 50 grand, is that doubling our money? Or should we just take the quick nickel versus what we call the slow dime? So, you know, sometimes we can just make our quick $20,000 in five days, um, even though we probably could have made 50 grand on the flip, but then we got to look at, you know, we just made 20 grand in five days, or we might make 50 in, in 90 or 120, or, you know, here in the summer is not a good time to list a property in the market because everyone leaves Arizona. So, some of that plays into it as well, but the reality is just do we take the quick nickel versus the slow dime? And for anyone out there, and in my opinion, my experience, um, we started backwards. We started with only fixing and flipping and then got into wholesaling. If you're out there and you're getting started or you just got your first couple deals done, really get a great foundation of wholesaling going before you make that transition to flipping because trust me from my own knowledge, you know, I've gotten caught with my hand in the cookie jar before when the music turns off and it hurts and it's not fun. So, you know, wholesaling allows you to be pretty safe when investing. And I'd really say, you know, accumulate some of those dollar signs and then get into the idea of fix and flipping. There you go. Yeah, I like that. So you talked about, the, you know, the music kind of turning off and, and getting stuck with a property or being in a situation where the market turns. Um, have, have you ever done, like, a really bad deal? What's the worst deal you think you've maybe ever done? <sighs> well, I think there's, there's a time late 2013, what, we're in 15, so late 2013. We were flipping 70, or seven properties towards the end of the year. Um, and things were looking gorgeous, wonderful. Moving into the new year, what I like to say is the music went off. So all of our profit margins that were well above $20,000 basically dwindled away because the market changed. All of the hedge funds buyers, like I mentioned, because they were gone, the um, increase of price point stopped and balanced out. Um, and obviously buying somewhat on projection as every month in, month out, our economy is growing and getting better here in Phoenix. Some of it had to play into the projection role because we just couldn't count on what was going on. Um, and so that hurt a little bit. Um, I, I don't think there was any one deal that really hurt. It just kind of hurt that we put in those 90 or 120 days in all seven properties and for the most part broke even, quite frankly. I think two, two deals we actually lost money. Um, three deals we broke even, and I think two deals, if that's the right math, two deals that we actually profited. And so for the most part, to break even with all that 
work and energy and effort that really kind of hurt towards the end of 2013. Um, but I will tell you a quick funny story about what my business partner would say was the worst deal we ever done. We actually, so like I told you, we used to buy a lot from the auction. Well, my business partner would always do the due diligence on these homes, but he was on vacation. He said, hey, can you just run the list this week, whatever, you know, whatever the reason was. And I said, sure, not a problem. So I ran a list. There's, you know, seven or eight homes that we wanted to buy at the auction. And we were down like to the last two that were on my list. And I'm like, okay, I'm kind of figuring this is how it goes, right? You just, you don't buy houses every single day because you just can't get them all. So right. I'm like, all right, well, we might not get one today. No big, no big deal. And so the, the address came up, um, which I'm drawing a blank, but all of a sudden, you know, we put our bid in, which was like $36,000. And my um, bid service guy says, it looks like you're going to get it. I was like, no one else is bidding. He was like, no, not one person has bid. And he was like, yeah, you just got it for $36,000. I immediately kind of started getting worried. I was like, what just happened here? Right. And the last house I wanted was the last one up for auction. And the exact same thing happened. And my heart stopped. I'm like, oh my gosh, did I give the guy the wrong addresses and the wrong price points? What just happened here? Because that's just that doesn't happen, not in an auction, right? The only reason that happens is there's something extremely wrong. Well, one of the homes worked out fine. We flipped it and just made, I think we made like $7,000, which is not sexy by any means, but we made money and moved on. Um, the other home, however, turned out to be built in the 1920s, which is the oldest homes you can find in Phoenix. Phoenix is a relatively new city. So for us, that is like archaic. To a point, sure. when we drove the property, it was basically four, uh, four by fours holding up, you know, roughly a hundred year old plaster. And if you pushed on its side, the whole house would move. Wow. Yeah, it was brutal. <laughs> and, and the best part of that story is we went inside just to check it out, and in the attic there was a um, collection. Uh, forgive me for some listeners, there was a collection of Playboy magazines from the first issue all the way up to whatever current issue it was that was actually probably worth more than the property we bought. Right, right, geez. <laughs> so, it happens, it happens, I, man. I've been yeah, there. My, my partner makes sure that everyone, anyone who talks to me or whatever, you know, on podcasts or whatever, make sure everyone knows that story, that it was my day to buy and uh, I purchased that that one, and and actually at the end of the day, we actually broke even on that too. We sold it to a developer who just tore it down and built on the land. We actually broke directly even, but he likes to tell that story. Nice, nice. So that's a bad one. What about a good one? You have any juicy um, deals that you guys have closed recently? And uh, yeah, I mean those two wholesale deals that we closed uh, in June were pretty pretty outrageous. Um, they actually it was it was not intended to be, but turned out to be a probate situation where um, we mailed the homeowner who just recently passed. The daughter came to pick up the mail. The daughter called us and said, well, we actually have two homes. You mailed one of them, um, and it was on Osborne, but we have another one on Osborne, and we'd like to sell them both. Could you buy them just both off of us? We don't want to deal with it. And obviously, when they're in that type of motivation that they just want them gone, they want the money in the bank and to be done, um, you can really find some solid deals there. And um, she actually gave us a number 
that was lower than we expected. And basically then we went in and said, okay, well, we'll, you know, we need another, you know, five grand here or there, or whatever, and ended up between the two deals, we made 80 grand, 40 grand on each of those deals, which is, again, not common in the wholesale world. However, it absolutely happened. So um, that was just in June. I'm bringing those up because they, they literally just closed like June 28th or whatnot. Um, so those were pretty outrageous. Nice. Yeah. Good work. And those are very recent. That's exciting. Yeah. Got it. So, Justin, I have a, um, a question which, you know, a lot of guys ask me, uh, me personally, and I'd like to get your take on it, which is, you know, when you, when, you, when you make a lot of money in the market wholesaling or doing fix and flips, what do you do with it? What do you do with the profits? Where do you, where do you invest for, long, for the long haul? Do you invest in, you know, notes and mortgages? Do you become a lender? Do you become a, uh, a landlord and hold rental properties? Uh, do you diversify out of the real estate market and get into, you know, gold and silver? I mean, as we're, as we're you know, recording this, the, uh, the Chinese stock market literally just I mean, crashed over the past two weeks. Yeah. Uh, people are talking about the U.S. economy, you know, uh, struggling with all the debt we've taken on and other things that are you know, just going on in the marketplace. I'm just curious to get your take of, of what you do in addition to wholesaling and fix and flips and taking some of those longer term um, gains to try to get some consistent returns. Yeah, it's a great question. In fact, it comes up quite often with us. Um, but one of the main plays that we did after making a, a very good sum of money over the last couple of years is we went into developing. Um, and that is kind of a consistently long play, especially when you take on 79 units that you have to build. Um, so up front, it takes a lot of capital. But then as they start to sell, which we are now selling not quite one a week, but about that, um, your money starts to come back over and over and over again. So um, we took our money and actually went into developing. Um, we thought about going into lending, quite honestly. Um, I love lending, and I think that will be our next stop. And I know you yourself lend, um, right. to my knowledge. So right. I actually love that. You and I have had previous conversations. You were actually featured on my podcast, The Science of Flipping, um, where we talked a lot about lending. So I think uh, that will be our next strategy, but right now the developing game was so good and the market has been so hot over the last two and a half years here, um, we just had to use that time to jump in because um, timing is everything. You, know, you jump in at the wrong time and it's a bad, bad day. So we went with the development route. However, I think our next play will be into lending. In fact, we just brought on uh, a guy onto our team who's going to start really uh, looking for multi-units for us so we can buy and hold them as well. Not single-family homes per se because this market's a little funny right now. The single-family homes right this second are not your best investment. Multi-units have a better rate. You can usually get in to the 10% returns on multi-units. And so if we are going to be putting money into it, we'd rather go multi rather than single-family. Um, so I hopefully that kind of multiple answers to your question, but you know I think lending is our next step, but we are going to be actively trying to buy several multi-units here over the next 12 to 24 months. Yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, that, you know one of our uh, good mutual friends, Rob Swanson, has been releasing some trainings about developing and you know building from the ground up because sometimes buying the ground and buying and developing the property uh, from from the start. 
can be even less expensive than doing a rehab where there's a lot more competition, people are looking for properties to wholesale or rehab, and the, the, the cost of acquisition is significantly higher. And right. so, um, you know, that's something that we've looked at. I don't anticipate myself getting into because I, I enjoy the private equity and the lending side of things so much. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's really where it's at, you know, becoming an active investor and taking those dollars and becoming more of a passive investor, either lending or owning long term is really where it's at. That's pretty exciting. Um, yeah. So Justin, where do you see, where do you see the market going and what kind of advice can you give to other people who are looking uh, to invest in real estate, whether it's as a, you know, a secondary form of income or becoming a primary form of income. What do you see happening over the next six months to a year, and what kind of advice would you give somebody if they're looking to get into the market? Yeah, I think it's a great question. Right now, um, and, and our coaching program is really based around wholesaling, and the reason why I really find that to be a huge value right now, and I know you have your 40K flip program, and I'm a flipper myself, so I, I love it. If I had to give any suggestion right now, it would be jumping into wholesaling. The reason why I say that um, is simply in our market, it, it's pretty volatile right now. We are at kind of a tipping point, I almost feel like. I can't call when it would tip, um, but it seems to be a pretty volatile market. I mean, between what's going on with the stock markets, um, the, the increase in value of real estate over the last year and a half here, we're kind of back into this who's got the crystal ball who's going to tell us when this thing's going to pop because it's kind of too good to be true right now. And so after, you know, what, eight years now of doing this, um, you know, I've had my hand caught in the cookie jar a couple times and I know the pain of it, right? You only need to be burnt once by the stove to learn that the stove's hot. So right now I'm really putting a lot of value in building a, you know, super duper wholesale business with the intention of if the deal is good enough, I'm flipping it, right? That's that's the investment strategy we hold here. Um, I'm, I'm removing obviously the development side because that's a whole nother subject, but I'm, you know, 75, 80% wholesale, you know, 25 to 20% fix and flip just because the bigger pops are absolutely there. Um, and it's very sexy, it's all over TV. Um, however, it does take some money, and if the music does go off, you're gonna your money as an investor is usually the first one out because you'll typically have a first lender in position that is just looking to get their money out, and uh, your money's gone. So, you know, wholesaling is where I'd be telling everyone to get going um, and to really ramp that up and save up your ducats. and And I'm telling you now, Josh, I'm gonna be coming a call in here if the market ever does crash again. Um, which I personally do feel at some point it will, I'm going to be borrowing as much money as I can to be buying as many rentals as I can. I missed the boat this last crash. We were just getting into investing, but Josh, you better believe I'm going to be ringing your phone for as much money as you're right. to buy as many rentals as I can get. That's great, man. Yeah, absolutely. So wholesale um, for quick cash, and uh, yeah, the market does tip, especially you know in those areas like Vegas, California, um, New York, uh, where prices seem to go up and down significantly. Um, you know, the bubble does burst, and you're you know kind of left holding something. It's not the best position to be in, but even buying, rehabbing, and selling quickly, you know, that's why you got to have a system to do it fast and not hold those properties for six months, eight months, a year. 
you know, getting those properties repositioned in 60 days or less is a is is a, is a great way a great way to make money. So, Justin, as as you think about, you know, I know you coach a lot of people. I know you're partnering up with Kent and uh, and doing a lot of stuff with him as well as Eddie, your other business partner, and you do coach a lot of investors who are in the market. Um, you, you mentioned wholesaling as an investment strategy, but what would be your maybe top piece of advice, your top one or two strategies or tips for really growing and scaling a business, whether it's a wholesaling business or a rental business or a rehabbing business or commercial, what what are some tips of growing up just a business in general? Um, you know, things to look out for, people to hire, things to do to grow a business as opposed to just being the tactician, the technician who's in there doing it every day, doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it, as opposed to being the owner operator who's creating more of a, a franchise or a franchise prototype that's building a business that can grow and scale. Yeah, and that's a great question. I get asked this a lot. So I'm going to give you two answers, and it's basically one and one A. You have to, have to run your business by the numbers. If you do not know the numbers in your business, you may be successful. You might be able to make a quarter million dollars a year. You might even get up to, let's say, $500,000 a year. But if you want to really build a true business and get into those seven figures, you absolutely have to run everything by your numbers. You need to know how much marketing you're spending, how many leads come through with those marketings, out of those leads, how many deals are you getting, you know, how much your product costs, how many days on market are things on market, you know, how quickly can you flip the home, I mean, everything. Every number you can think of in our business is on a spreadsheet, and we look at them every day. So that's, that's what I would say is my one, because to get to that level, you absolutely have to know the ins and outs of, you know, all your numbers from money you're spending on marketing to money you're spending on a rehab to, you know, how long are those homes sitting on the market to, to all of it, right? Um, and 1A is systems and organization and processes, right? So if you don't have systems in place, you need to build them yesterday. If you don't have processes in place, you need to build them yesterday. Um, you know, now we have things like the cloud, right? Like uh, Dropbox and, and, you know, Drive on, on Google. I mean, these, the cloud makes it so easy for us to build a process and hold it somewhere so our team can use the process. Because if I have to give you a number two, it's outsource. Just like Josh said, I mean, Josh and I were talking prior to this podcast, and he's been on vacation. And living the life, enjoying time with his family, and that's what we all do it for. And the only way you can do that is bringing on a team and outsourcing your responsibility. So, you know, if you create those processes and systems for everything, by the way, don't just create it for marketing, create it for everything, um, and you also run absolutely everything by the numbers, you can outsource those processes and systems to someone because you know exactly how much money you're making, you know exactly how much you can pay them, and it makes your life so much easier, and the next thing you know, you're making more money and your life is easier. I mean, that's really the end result. Yeah, there's a, that's a fantastic piece of advice. I have a quote above my computer I look at every day. It's by Sam Carpenter, who wrote the book, Work the System. And the mm -hmm. quote is, leadership must focus on improving processes, not on performing the work or repeatedly snuffing out brush fires. 
quality products or services, a stable staff, and profitability are the result of the quality systems that underlie them, not the reverse. And um, I read this book probably four or five years ago, and uh, it's something I've taken to heart. When we talk about creating systems, what most people don't really understand about that is systems are not in your head. Systems are documented procedures that somebody can follow. A 17-year-old can run a McDonald's or a Chipotle franchise. Uh, you know, th that's the way a real estate business should be organized. And following the numbers, looking at what your costs are for marketing, postcards, letters, what kind of leads come from that, what kind of revenue comes from that, how many appointments come from that, and then documenting the process so that it can be duplicated and grown and scaled by somebody else allows the owner-operator to just be the owner instead of the owner-operator. It allows them to just be the owner, just run the business, oversee it. Um, there's another sort of phrase that I've heard in the past that I love, which is, um, and it's also from the book Work the System, which is a true business owner operates outside and slightly above his business outside and slightly above, meaning never inside of it and never in it. So he, he, he able to just be on top of it, review it, look at it, and tighten the screws. And every time you create and write down a new procedure, host it in Google Drive, every time you go through your numbers and host that in, in Dropbox and review those, it allows you to have somebody else step in and duplicate that process for you so you never have to you know, get out and go do it again. Which is fantastic, man. That's just an awesome piece of advice. Um, Amen. Both those quotes. Yeah. So just as we kind of wind down, um, I want to basically give my listeners and subscribers an opportunity to get to know more about you and your products and, and your trainings and coaching. So where can they get out and find out more about you, um, You know, whether it's listening to your podcast or downloading some of your materials? Yeah, well, uh, I think the easiest way to get to know me a little bit better and to, and to you know, learn is, is simply just listen to my podcast called The Science of Flipping. Um, it's on iTunes, just like yours is, and it's free. Um, and because, you know, I wanted to be able to give back to you, um, I wanted to be able to give back to your listeners, I actually have a book on Amazon um, that I sell for $9.99 that is selling each and every day on Amazon. Um, and I wanted to be able to give that to your listeners for free. Um, just as a gift to you and your listeners, it is called The Science of Flipping, <laughs> appropriately named. Um, and if they just go to the website, thescienceofflipping.com, and put in their information, we will actually just give them the book, and they don't have to buy it. So go to thescienceofflipping.com, give us the information. I think it's your name, email address, and we will actually email you a copy of the book um, and save you guys 10 bucks. Awesome. Well, guys, listen, I appreciate that so much, Justin. Thanks a lot for all this fantastic information. Guys, go check out The Science of Flipping um, in the iTunes universe and uh, listen to Justin's podcast. He has great guests on his podcast all the time. There's a podcast with him interviewing me on there. We talk a lot about funding and lending on there, uh, as well as, you know, download his, uh, his book, The Science of Flipping. It's at thescienceofflipping.com. Check out the book. Uh, get it for free. Save yourself the 10 bucks. That's fantastic, guys. So listen, Justin, I appreciate you being here and sharing all this fantastic advice. Guys, if you're in iTunes, leave us a, a five-star rating and leave us some comments and questions for Justin and I that we can answer for you right in the iTunes universe. 
And um, I appreciate all of you being here as always. Uh, I look forward to working with you, coaching you. Justin, of course, looking for, look forward to doing more deals and coaching you as well. And um, thanks a lot for listening to another episode of Real Estate Investing Made Easy. Check us out at strategicrealestatecoach.com, and we'll talk to all of you very, very soon. Take care. See you guys. You were just listening to Josh Cantwell and the Real Estate Investing Made Easy podcast. Leave a comment on our iTunes channel and let us know what you want to learn next, who you'd like Josh to interview, or if you just want to share some of your success or even horror stories in real estate. And maybe we'll talk about it on our next show. While you're there, give us a five-star rating and make sure you subscribe so you can be the first to hear new episodes. Follow Josh Cantwell and Strategic Real Estate Coach on Facebook and Twitter. And definitely check out all of our awesome free training videos at youtube.com slash SREC video. Do you want to find out how you can quit your job in 90 days or less flipping real estate? Go to strategicrealestatecoach.com right now to learn how we can help you attract endless free leads, profit rich deals, and consistent cash. That's strategicrealestatecoach.com. Thanks for listening.